Here on the cold streets of Krakow, Poland, the tourists are few. But what you do see is the evidence that there is a war in the country next door. And that war in Ukraine is spilling over with a large mass exodus of mainly women and children. They need our help. Here in Krakow, yellow and blue Ukrainian flags are just as visible as the flag of Poland, maybe more. The park behind me filled with handmade signs spilling poisonous words out on Vladimir Putin. Cash machines, ATMs have run out of money as Ukrainians are depleting their debit cards to get by. But what really seizes your heart are the waves of people walking through, hauling their rollerboards with one arm, carrying a small child in the other. Groups of roughly 25 each looking for where to go next, many finding churches, some finding Jesus. As a new week of war begins, don't forget, Jesus is great. He's also good. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus here on a Monday with programming from Poland near the Ukraine border. The program is called Jesus the Good. In the next few minutes, we're going to turn together to God's Word. We're going to hear from a pastor in Warsaw who's on the front line helping refugees. In the humanitarian world, they talk about response, recovery, rebuild. But with this war in Ukraine and the Russian invasion, all the rules seem to be broken. We'll be joined by Edward Graham, a senior vice president at SP and the grandson of the late Billy Graham. But first... Let's start this week together with a reminder of our faith, the newsboys, and we believe. In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, there is only one foundation. We believe. We believe in this broken generation. When all is dark, you help us see there is only one salvation. Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion, we believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. We believe. Songs we sing 
You're listening to Haven Today. That was the Newsboys here on this program that we're calling Jesus the Good, starting a new week together. Thank you so much for being with us. As the war continues, it'll soon enter a third week uh, with Russia invading Ukraine. We caught up with Edward Graham from Samaritan's Purse. He's the son of Franklin, the grandson of the late Billy Graham, and he had been in Ukraine helping to set up the new field hospital, which is underway. I caught up with him in Poland, and I asked him to give us an update on what he was seeing in western Ukraine in the city of Lviv. You know, for me, it's the largest movement of people I've ever seen. And it's the largest movement of people in my lifetime. In Europe, there hasn't been a movement of this, this type of magnitude since Adolf Hitler. And so to see that and to go into the train stations and you hear the noises, you hear the whistles, uh, you hear the brakes release. You know, these are sounds and images. As a kid, I think black and white because I remember the old, you know, watching the History Channel, the Military Channel growing up. And you watched what happened to the migration of people fleeing mm. Hitler. And now it's happening again. Mm. And uh, it's heartbreaking to see, and it's all women and children. There's no men. Um, And to see the uncertainty, it's cold, it's wet, um, it breaks your heart. And there's a great medical need currently, even right now. And these aren't necessarily combat injuries are coming. These are emotional. These are dehydrated. Babies are being born on the train. They need help. But um, we know that far more worse is coming. We know the outcome of that war. What's the outcome of this war? You know, I don't know. I watch the Ukrainians. They have great resolve, and they put up an unbelievable fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know if, if the capital does fall, it turns into a, you know, a resistance, and they're trained for that. And I, I wouldn't want to go up against them. And like I said, I spent 16 years in the military. What I saw was a, a nation unified. Um, but I pray for peace. I want peace on both sides. Um, you know, at Samaritan's Purse, we serve on the both sides of a lot of conflicts. Um, but one thing I know bigger than any war is Jesus Christ. And he's the answer. This is a man-made problem. Only Jesus can fix this. And that's my prayer is that everyone that is hurting and struggling, know that Jesus loves them. He has not taken their hand off them. Uh, He is right there amongst all this. And I saw that there. Jesus keeps showing up. Miracles keep happening. This think connections are being made. By no means should we be there and operating this quickly. But we are because God's put the right people in our path. So um, we were fortunate and blessed to be there. Um, But it is unbelievably sad to watch. Let me ask you one more question. I ask it of almost everybody I interview that goes on our program. What does Jesus mean to you, Edward Graham? Jesus, you know, everyone's, as a believer, of course, he's my Lord and Savior. But after 16 years in combat, it's much more than that. Uh, I had to make my faith my own in college. um, But because of that faith, I'm here today. I believe in the power of prayer. I'm here today because of the power of prayer. But when I say that my Lord is my Savior, he's my Savior. I'm here, alive today. Um, because his hand of protection has been on me. And I've been blessed many, many times by him. And, uh, you know, I think I heard a pastor there, uh, the head of the uh, Pentecostal church of all of Ukraine, and he prayed, Lord, thank you for this affliction. He thanked the Lord. And all this, I still thank my Lord and Savior for the good and the bad, what he's done in my life, because I am the man today because of uh, my relationship with him. Thanks very much, Edward Graham. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Edward Graham. The Vice President of Operations with Samaritan's Purse speaking with me in Krakow, Poland. Now, another place where many of the refugees are going, and the majority are traveling to Poland, that's the fastest and considered the safest place to be, there is Warsaw, the capital of the country. Well, I talked to a pastor in Warsaw, Michael Boloka, 
And he's at a church where they started right from the very beginning helping refugees when they started showing up. How fast did it take you to organize and get ready? knowing that refugees would be coming. So the first news came from Ukraine when we've heard of invasion early morning, early Thursday morning last week. So that day, were a large number of people already flying out of uh, Kiev to Warsaw, and we started receiving large groups of people already in our church. And there were three simple steps we were encouraging people to join us in. First, everybody can pray. We encourage people to pray. And the second, you know, so they can practically help those who are in need. So help with their resources, uh, their volunteer help, and help us, you know, to develop the work, you know, helping people who were moving to this. Feeding people, you know, with their transportation, meeting them at the border, helping those growing number of families that were coming this yeah, So finding housing for them, you know, finding places where they could stay, and so on. Yeah, and the third step, you know, we encourage people to raise awareness about the truth of that, what happened in Ukraine, so that people know what actually, I mean, the truth about that war. So I want you, our listeners, to continue praying for us and pray so that God gives us uh, courage, that gives us strength, so God supplies all what we need when we continue ministering to those who are in need here. Pastor Michael Boloka in Warsaw, Poland, he just challenged all of us to pray boldly. And that's something we've been urging everybody to do for the last week plus. And we also need to give boldly. Both are what Christ followers do. Pray boldly for the displaced, but pray boldly that God would turn that Russian army around and just send it home. And pray that people out of this war will come to faith in Jesus Christ. And then give boldly by calling us or going online to our website. We're raising funds exclusively for Mission Eurasia for a couple of reasons. First, they're already on the ground, and they have experience helping out in the last Russia invasion in this part of the world. And second, they're trustworthy. Like us, they're members of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. And remember, not a dime for Haven. We don't take a handling fee out. Every dollar you send to Ukraine goes to Ukraine. And when you call or go online, you can make it clear how much money you want to give to Mission Eurasia and what you'd like to send to Haven today. $50 buys food for a week for a family of five. Here's the number, 800-654-2836, 865-HAVEN. Or go to the website haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now, I've already told you we're starting a series today called Jesus the Good. I can't speak for everyone, but I know that this is something I need to hear over and over again. So I hope you'll join me all week. 
God is great. There's really no doubt about that, is there? We find that all through the Bible. One passage that always strikes me in the Old Testament is Nehemiah chapter 8, right before Ezra taught the law of God to the returned exiles in Jerusalem. In verse 6 of chapter 8, we read that Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded with a double, Amen, Amen. And then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Well, you know, last week, if you joined me, we talked about how Christ reigns. He is the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. In other words, there's no one greater, no one more mighty. We worship Christ because he is great. But that isn't the only reason we praise him. You see, Jesus is also good. And that's why you and I can find hope. Now think about that. If our Lord was great but not good, then how could he be our refuge? How could we be sure that he wasn't out to get us in the end? But thankfully, that's not who Jesus is. He is good, he is great, and he loves us. We can learn about Jesus the good by reading his words in the Gospels. And one of the most fitting passages is when he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. It starts in Luke 10 with a question. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher or rabbi, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Not a bad question at all, I think, but it was asked for the wrong reasons. This expert in the law wanted to justify himself. He wanted to show that he himself was a pretty good person, all things considered. But our Lord Jesus wasn't having it. So Jesus asked him, the Pharisee, what was written in the law. And it turns out that the expert really did know something after all. He answered with the two greatest commandments, love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and Love your neighbor as yourself. And how did Christ respond? You have answered correctly. That's how Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But remember, he was out trying to justify himself. So he asked Jesus another question. And who is my neighbor? There it is. That's his motivation. He was trying to show that he had made it. He thought he had kept the law perfectly, but he hadn't. Not even close. Just like you and me, he was a sinner. And Jesus showed him that with one of the most famous stories ever told. You know the story. Jesus started by saying a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It literally is down. And he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now that's quite a mental image, isn't it? And it wouldn't have been all that uncommon in that time and place either. After all, traveling alone, especially on that road to Jericho, has always been a little dangerous, at least. And in those days, pre-mobile phones, traveling alone could be downright deadly. Robbers and bandits loved to hang out in the wilderness between those two places, just waiting for the vulnerable to come passing by. So there he was. They took his clothes. He was naked, bleeding, unable to help himself. And before long, another man came walking by. Not just any man, a priest of Israel. Call him a pastor. But what happened? When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. 
And then somebody else, another religious person came by, a Levite, and he did the very same thing. Levites and priests served at the temple. They were supposed to be dedicated to the Lord's service with their lives. And certainly they would help this man, but no, they didn't even bother to stop. They passed by on the other side of the road. Neither one of them did a single thing. Neither loved their neighbor. And then, of course, the third man comes by, a Samaritan. And that may not mean much to us today, but they hated the Jews, and the Jews hated them. And you see, the Samaritans were the result of the Israelites intermarrying with non-Israelites after Assyria wiped out the northern kingdom of Israel. They even had their own temple and a form of their own religion. So if any one of these three men should have left this bloody, broken, almost dead Jew on the side of the road, it would have been the Samaritan. But that wasn't what happened. In fact, it was the despised Samaritan who was the only one who stopped and offered help and showed love to this poor victim. He tended his wounds, bandaged them. He lifted him onto his own donkey, and and then he took him to a, a nearby inn and paid the innkeeper to look after him and said, if I owe you anything more, I'll pay you the next time I come through. And so at the end of the story, Jesus could turn to that expert in the law and ask this question, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told that expert in the law, go and do likewise. But here's the thing. The law expert couldn't go and do likewise, not perfectly anyway, and neither can we. In fact, in the entire history of humankind, who is the only one who has truly been the good Samaritan? Only Jesus. When we were dead in sin, he came for us. When we were stripped naked, he came and clothed us in robes of righteousness. When we were broken and bloody and laid out on the side of the road, he paid for us with his own blood. And why did he do that? Because he isn't just great. He's also good. Jesus, the good. And so we can follow in his steps. Once we've found grace, we can be good too. Not to be right with God, but because Jesus, the good, lived and died and rose again for us. And now we're free to love our neighbors as ourselves. And who is our neighbor? Well, look for the person who needs you. It may be someone living in your house right now or next door to your house or your apartment, or it may be giving to help people who are suffering in Ukraine right now and those refugees who are getting out of Ukraine, Christian people coming to help in Eastern Europe to love their neighbors. Jesus the good helps us to be good Samaritans even today. Well, may his spirit help us to go and do likewise and to do it with a love like Jesus had and still does today. I could write a melody that all of heaven's choir sings But if I don't have love, then it means nothing And I can spit out some holy word Something that you've never heard But if I don't have love, it means nothing If I can't love can love myself If I won't move 
Dante Bow, Nothing, Something, Here in a Haven Today, a song based on 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter. I'm Charles Morris, and we're calling this program Jesus the Good. Now, let me just say thank you to everyone who has given so far to make a difference in Ukraine and people getting out of Ukraine. We've been asking you to pray boldly and give boldly. And a whole lot of listeners to Haven Today have done both. Between Haven U.S. and Haven Canada, we have now passed $500,000. That's a record in the history of our ministry. And we're sending the money on to Mission Eurasia. 
We've never raised this much in such a short time, and we've already wired hundreds of thousands to Mission Eurasia. So if you have already given, your money is helping families in need right now. $50 feeds a family of five for a week, and we'll be sending more money to Mission Eurasia here in another day or two so they can offer both physical bread and the spiritual bread of Jesus Christ to those who are displaced. How many families can you help us feed? Just call us right now at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or go online. Look at our Faith Live blog that we're updating with video and pictures from Eastern Europe, and you can make your gift then at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Come back again tomorrow on Tuesday. When again together, we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. One of the most famous Americanisms of our day, and it isn't just Americans saying it either. I've heard Canadians and Europeans say it too. The idea of self-made men and women intrigues us. You probably wanted to be one yourself. We all do, deep down, inside. But we can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps all the way to God. Paul reminds us, No one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous live by faith. No one other than Jesus can keep the law perfectly. But the good news is when we trust in Christ, his obedience is credited to us, not self-made. We're Jesus-made. Get Anchor devotional and print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.